Hey guys, and welcome to Gameplay Radio here on Radio Free Brooklyn. This is a storytelling game radio show featuring guests from the New York City Hive. I am your host, Aaron, uh, and today we are going to be continuing a fantastic game of Bluebeard's Bride with some fantastic guests. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hi. Hi. Hey. We had uh, these lovely ladies on last weekend, uh, but this weekend they're back. We have Risa Puno, uh, artist and creator of a game called Quiet with Avi Dobkin. Uh, we have Sena, uh, as actor on the stage, TV and movie screen, and also a voice actor. And we have Mieko Gavia, uh, writer, actress, model, and uh, worker with uh, theater workshops like the Black Revolutionary Theater Workshop. So we're so glad to have them back for round two of Bluebeard's Bride. Um, for those who are not sure what Bluebeard's Bride is, it is an RPG which was written by Whitney Strix Beltran, Marissa Kelly, and Sarah Richardson, uh, inspired by the fairy tale Bluebeard's Bride. If you don't know what that is, look it up or keep listening and you'll find out for yourself. And the whole point is that uh, my three guests are uh, sisters who are uh, aspects of the psyche of a bride who just married Bluebeard, a man of a shit ton of wealth, who <laughs> um, has had many wives before, but uh, no one knows exactly what happened to them because there was never a funeral for any of them. And they are going to be trying to explore the spooky house that uh, Bluebeard has left the bride in and figuring out if they trust their husband or not. How are you guys feeling? Um, I mean, now I'm excited. I'm before, yeah. before I was like, oh, but I'm ready for it now. Yeah, we did leave on a bit of a cliffhanger last time. Definitely. So. Well, uh, let's not do much preamble. Let's do the thing. But but before we do the thing, uh, we should let you know a couple of things that are happening with the station, Radio Free Brooklyn. Uh, so Radio Free Brooklyn is pleased once again to announce that the second Wall of Lies, a groundbreaking visual art project demonstrating the unprecedented lack of honesty from our current commander-in-chief. Uh, the original wall, which was first displayed in Bushwick, Brooklyn, was vandalized with white supremacist slogans, including vote Trump or die and stand back and stand by. Uh, the new wall, twice as long as the original, is on public view at the northwest corner of Lafayette and Grand Streets in Soho until the 2020 election is decided. The new wall in Manhattan is twice as large as the original spanning over 100 feet and will include Black Lives Matter themed artwork next to the mural provided by local artists. More information is available at radioforbrooklyn.org slash wall of lies. So go check that out and vote, 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 make a plan to vote, do that thing. Um, it's only two days away at this point. So uh, if you haven't voted yet, please go do so. Great. <laughs> check all of that out. And let's get into a bit of a game here. Well, why don't you guys reintroduce yourselves uh, as the sisters? Yes, I am Animus. My description says, you hold on to righteousness with both hands. Others admire your strength and bow to your will. Fatal. Oh, hello. I am Fatal. Uh, <laughs> uh, my name is Sena, and I am playing Fatal today. And uh, Fatal usually uh, drips sensuality from her lips. Others watch her every move and crave for her, that's me, to take control. Fatal. Last one on least. <laughs> um, I am playing Virgin, 
people see or I see beauty where there is none and others see comfort in my warmth and delight in my obedience. All right, there we go. These are our lovely sisters. Sisters, you have already married Bluebeard and had your first night in Bluebeard's grand, massive, if slightly bizarrely massive estate. (laughs) Although, of course, when you awoke the next morning, the marriage was not yet consummated. And when you went downstairs to the kitchen, um, you met Bluebeard, who told you that he had urgent news and much leave on a journey that would likely take him away for several weeks. Uh, He gave you a set of keys um, and told you to open everything and go everywhere, save for one little room uh, at the end of the Great Galley. And he pointed out the smallest key and told you not to go in there. And because you have your suspicions, or some of you do and some of you don't, but because you're not quite sure enough yet, You promise faithfully to obey his orders, to not go into the room, but you will be exploring the other rooms and maybe deciding differently depending on what happens there. So at the very end of last session, uh, had Fatal in control of the bride because uh, our sisters have to take turns with control of the bride's physical body. And the bride went looking for an office of sorts to kind of dig into some drawers into the Bluebeard's business. And as she did so, she got a little lost down a strange hallway that no matter how long she walked down it, it was endlessly long. She cried for help and got the services of a very strict, uptight-looking woman who was very dismissive, even to the point of covering her own ears, except that her hands were extremely long, uh, like unnaturally long with these awful nails, long and sharp in the ends of them. And she's holding her hands over her ear, shouting at you, no, no, no. What do you do? I want to ask her about her fingers. She's just shouting no at this point. I want to maybe seduce her, but not sexually, obviously. But I just want to bring her around. Okay, so that so, that action counts as as caring for someone. Okay, it's just stretch of it, but I'll I'll, I'll let it slide. Um, or it could be her you will move. need to demonstrate your sincerity. Okay, is that using a bride's move? That's a what? Well, that's a maiden. A move, maiden move. So, okay, like anyone can do that at any time. But you okay. can go for it. How do you demonstrate your sincerity? Could I step forward, maybe, and speak softly to her? tell her it's okay i'm not a threat to her i i get what you're saying so you you kind of you go like soothing you're like hey you know low yeah. growth, it's okay low, yeah. um you kind of try to you kind of try to calm her down yeah and she has stopped screaming okay um success but she is looking at you and the more you look at her it doesn't she is she are you sure that she's she has this like these features that you they seem just kind of like holds taut before but it looks like it's almost like everything about her is is sharp like her chin is sharp her nose is sharp her eyes are the the way that they look through you is incredibly sharp and as you see like it like every time you look back at her it looks like she's getting taller and taller and you realize that she might not be a full servant at all but she is looking at you i'm sorry did you say that she's getting taller in front of me like she's not a human doesn't look like it. Okay, I something. Yep, I would like to step out and I'd like to have <laughs> okay. a sister step in, please. 
I'm going to step okay. out of the game, please. For the moment. <laughs> okay. Uh, take a pause. All right. Who are you giving the ring over to? Animus. Would you oh, I think that's I think you're a great choice for this situation. <laughs> I think so too, sister. Thank you, sister. Okay. okay. And now that you've passed off control to another sister, you have immunity to trauma. Okay. Until um until another sister passes off the ring. Okay. May I So you're you're good to go until okay. Animus is done. May I still participate with my sisters? Yes. Okay. Yes, you may. Okay, thank you. Animus, this this being is long, weird, and sharp, and looking at you. Can I take stock of the situation and ask what traps have been laid for the bride? Good call. Yes. Okay, so as you you wonder yourself, what traps have been laid for 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 us? Um, you didn't think it would be possible, but you hear the wall chuckle. Hmm. <laughs> Okay. What? <laughs> the woman, the the being in front of you is seems to be immune to this like weird echoey sound that you just heard, but you get the sense that something is toying with you. Huh. Okay. I I think you get the sense that it's just watching to see where you're going to go. But the... And in fact, as you're standing in this hallway, you notice that you're standing in this hallway, it's quiet. And there are doors still up and down this long, long, long hallway. And this woman is just staring at you. If I go to one of the doors right now and just like put myself in, in there between this woman and me, does that mean that I have to cause a trauma or no? No. Okay. So I think I'm just going to like run in one of the rooms and close the door. <gasps> okay. Yeah, that sounds like a good move. I would like to have a door between us and her as well. It's creepy. Okay, so you want to go into a door. Why don't you describe what key you use for this door? It is a big key. It is very well filigreed. It's like a skeleton looking key, but it's very well filigreed and it's bronze. Okay. This is the fascinating part of this game to me. Oh, I love yeah. that. Like just the fact that it's like what room you open is based on the key description. I mm -hmm. love it. You notice that the door that you put this key into is a heavy metal door and it's a little warm to the touch. You put the key in and it's it's hard to turn. Pain shoots through your hand a little bit as you turn as you turn the roughly hewn handle but you do enter the room beckons you enter and the door closes behind you hmm. uh, what you see in front of you is a bright fire that lights the entirety of the small claustrophobic room uh, figures form in the smoke billowing from the furnace uh, warping, bending, binding its chimney from the fires below. Uh, directly in front of you is a gurney made up of a dirty bed. Just to the back of the room, directly next to the furnace, a young man sits. Hunched over a pile of bones in ill-fitting clothing, sweat drenches his misshapen forehead. The young man's face wow. is pockmarked, twisted, his mouth tilting unnaturally downward, his left eye obscured by healed flesh, but flesh healed wrong. 
two gnarled, soot-stained hands open and close nervously, one clutching a small knife and the other a tiny carving. Uh, what do you do? Uh, can I ask him what you got there? I like carving <laughs> things. <laughs> you approach the man and he smiles nervously, showing his bone carvings of this creature that is unique and wonderful, like tiny and it seems almost like a mangled like an elephant with with wings and like a horn along with a trunk mm-hmm. in a way and he he holds it out to you and he he says for for you he he stammers it and lets out a fearful cry dropping his carving and fleeing to the far corner of the room oh i guess i want to ask what memories does this item hold? You kind of touch it to 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 kind of pick it up to take a closer look, and um, you get this kind of vivid memory. You 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 feel like as you're holding it, as if like your hands are the ones carving it, and they're they're shaking and they're weak, and they're and they're carving at this at this weird this bizarre creature um, like aggressively, and it. In, in behind you, like behind behind you in the vision, you hear uh, what sounds like the slamming of a door, and um, you uh, hear yourself whimpering, um, and then you realize that the whimperings are coming from you in the present, not just you in the dream. Mm. Okay. The fire uh, within the furnace has gotten a little hotter. Mm. Can I care for the guy in the corner yeah how do you demonstrate your sincerity i will tell him that this is a very beautiful carving thank you for giving it to me and then i will crouch down beside him he looks at you and kind of starts like muttering like quietly muttering he's like please don't speak louder you're gonna anger her please Okay, I'll keep my voice very quiet. I'll keep my voice very quiet so we don't anger whoever it is. Who Who is a her that you're talking about? Please! He says it a little bit louder, and the fire within the furnace starts to blaze. You notice that there is a pile of bones within the fire, and the reason you realize it's there is because the bloated figure of a woman is crawling her way out of the furnace with a belt in her hand. Okay. What? Okay. Something past you. She begins to throttle the young man, screaming at him. Oh, God. Oh, God. Uh, fuck. Uh... What do you do? Oh, shit. Okay, hold on. Let me look at my bride moves. What? Wait, so the skeleton is strangling this man? Yes. Oh my god. Is it on fire? Or is it just... She she is not on fire, but the fire is blazing white hot behind her. Good lord. Okay. Um, I think I want to dirty myself with violence and just hit this thing. Yes, Animus. So you're going to roll 2d6 and add your carnality stat. Wow. Four. 
Okay. How are you trying to fight this woman? I'm trying to rip the belt out of her hands. So you go you go for the woman's wrist and you're like going to grip to kind of like pull her away and then grab the belt. And as you touch her hand, you realize that she herself is also extremely hot. Oh. And in fact, it sears at your hands and you find yourself like screaming in pain from like the like the pain of it. Take one trauma Damn. from getting aggressively oh. burned. Um, I think now that I've taken a trauma, I think I want to pass it on to the virgin. Oh no! <laughs> so I have to deal with this hot skeleton and not like hot, like okay, okay, <laughs> the so, bad kind of hot. Yeah. So the skeleton is still. Did it stop, or it's still throttling this? Yeah, like, she's still she's still throttling this young man who is. Um, getting quieter and quieter as it happens he's dying but um, he is pushing at her can i shiver from fear you can shiver from fear is that a so, weird move right now i if you can name a thing you're scared of happening besides what's happening right now you can go for it it is very scary I, well i'm scared that that she's gonna kill the young man and then i'm scared she's going to come after us okay and now I get to tell you how it is worse than you feared. Oh, so, <laughs> okay. As you're shuddering, you're right there. You just tried to really attack her, and or Animus did. And um, as you do this, she reaches out with her free hand. She drags the young man by the belt around his neck towards her, so that she could reach you and grabs you. Goes to grab you by the neck. Okay. And so now your neck is um, a little Bernie. Might want to take a trauma for that one. Um, like I, like I should, like I, like I take a trauma. Okay. <laughs> I was like, what? I was like, I don't want to, but if you tell me, I will. Okay, one trauma. Um. All right. Um. Okay. I guess the thing is, I assume that this skeleton is a horror, and if I tried to caress yes. it, would I be taking certain trauma? Because to touch it... Depending on how you do it. Can I help? Please. I'm floundering. Um, I'm thinking maybe that person in there is one of Bluebeard's brides, and that maybe that's a child that was abused by one of Bluebeard's brides. <gasps> oh my god. So in that case, does that have to do with faithfulness or disloyalty? Also, like, whose child and why would she abuse why would, him? Yeah, why would she be trying to kill that child, though? I feel like she's killing somebody who's trying to, who tried to hurt her. Yeah. And he, and he was carving something out of bone. So mm -hmm. was he carving her? But then who is he? Like, um... I would like to show compassion for this. <laughs> flaming skeleton <laughs> how do you how do you how do you show compassion for this flaming skeleton um i as it reaches for my neck i don't want to shrink away even if it's hot i want to stand there um with with my neck bared and say maybe i will call her sister and say i see your anger 
please tell me about your pain. Okay. Am I cheating by asking a question? Yeah, I'll, I'll let it. I'll let it slide for this. Um, I do take one trauma for putting your hand on this hot, hot, hot skeleton. As you kind of do this, she looks at you, and you can see that there are like kind of these tears kind of down her eyes, and she just screams at you. Hey. What? And she kind of screams like for for everyone to to shut up, and she just wants some peace. So, sisters, what do you think? Why does she need things to be quiet? Maybe she has a headache. <laughs> Sorry. Maybe she. I don't know. I was like, migraines make you want to strangle somebody. So I don't know. <laughs> Fair enough. That's true. Um, uh, as virgin, as somebody who trusts Bluebeard but fears him. I feel like he can't possibly have had anything to do with this. But what do my sisters think? I don't think he had anything to do with this either. Yeah, I think that this is unrelated other than her relation to him. I don't think that this is caused by him at all. So then what is the truth of this room? Um, What happened here? Did she like throw herself in the fire? You know what I mean? Like, did she like... Like maybe this is a a, a rem, like a memory of trauma past. So this is like Bluebeard's growing up, where his mother was abusive towards him. <gasps> oh, and maybe that's why he's angry. Oh, uh, interesting. Yeah. So we think that that it is a version of Bluebeard from when he was younger, and his mother abused him. Okay. As you say these words, the scene before you, it kind of almost blows away as if ash in the wind. It's a quiet room once more. You have the young man's bone carving in your hands as a token. As a total, that is a token of faithfulness. Yes. So that means since you have taken a token of faithfulness, um, you can all heal one trauma. Yay. That's great. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming you now leave the room. So Can we, like, I'm crack open to... the door and see if that, that lady's still there? <laughs> Gone for okay. now. Thank, Thank God. Cool. What do you do? Would love to explore another room. Um, can I, I would love to pick the key and then pass the ring off back to Fatal. Okay, so the hallway is no longer endlessly long, um, but it seems to have kind of brought you to this kind of circular room that has doors like kind of in a in an oval like not an oval like a circular shape like along the walls and kind of curves outward and then back in and back down the hallway and um, mm. you are looking at these doors and you're like hmm, I wonder uh, I wonder what these are and you look at a key and what does it look like? Um, well, the key is heavy and it is made of carved jade. Um, So it's like a light green with some darker green veins going through it. And it has a um, tassel tied to the end that is red with a brass like piece of hardware holding the tassel. Okay. You look at you look at this key and you look up at a door and you see a door. It's it's a double door, actually. And there are two angels wearing masks, one of comedy and the other of tragedy, uh, holding closed these dark aubergine doors. Um, When you press down the angel's wings, the door uh, with the key, like you kind of insert it into a lock and press down, 
uh, the door slides open with a hiss. The room beckons. You enter, and the door closes behind you. As you descend the opulent staircase of the private theater, chandeliers dripping with multifaceted crystals light your way. Rows upon rows of well-appointed seats, each with a playbill tacked to the back titled A Night of Comedy, A Night for Tragedy, lead down to the stage. Framed by gold and sapphire painted carvings with heavy black curtains, the stage bustles with movement. Masked men and women in tie corsets with busks applique to appear as devil's mouths with interlocking teeth. They recite lines and sweep across the stage as they rephrase or as they rehearse for an upcoming tragedy. At the sound of your footsteps, a hush falls over the actors in the room's lights dim. A spotlight forms in the middle of the stage, and the actors applaud. That's nice. What yes. do you do? This does seem like a scene for Fatal. Yeah. <laughs> they stand there looking at you. Yeah, I know they're looking at me. Um, <laughs> I, I want to take a bow just as a joke. Um, Ooh, step into the sky. I, I, I want to. I want to uh, walk towards the actors and ask them what they're applauding. Okay. Uh, as you walk up to the actors, they welcome you with warm words and wandering hands. Gently, they remove your clothing and powder your face, each hand running its fingers over your body, teasing warmth from your limbs. A giant mirror is turned towards you, naked, alone, imperfect. The stage falls quiet and a chill licks over your skin. Oh, shit. Yeah, this was definitely for you, not for yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> I need a minute. Um, <laughs> Do you look into the mirror? Yes, I look into the mirror. As you look into the mirror, <laughs> a distorted reflection meets your gaze. Your breasts, once high and firm, now sag. Your nimbles pointing at the floor. Your waist thickens, merging with your hips. Your belly hangs, its wrinkled flesh touching your thighs. Blue veins snake up your legs. Behind you is a chorus of laughter. Ooh. Okay. I'd like to um, use my power to ask a question. Yeah, it could be a, what does this place demand of the bride? You know, because it's like, there's this sort of, because it's not like, I feel like they're not individuals. I feel like it's a collective thing. Like for me, it's like the idea that you're beloved yeah. when you're young and then you get old and then you're ridiculed. Um, okay. I would like to take stock, please. What does this place demand of the bride? As you look into this this vision of yourself and you hear the horrified laughter around you, you you see the reflection kind of open up its hand and it's holding a knife. And your reflection looks at you, looks at its body. It screams, don't look at me. With a knife. Yes. So the reflection is raising the knife to its own eyes. To its own Ugh. eyes. Yes. Ooh. Oh my god. So, but that was the answer to the question: What does this place demand of the bride? And it's like this: So, it, the place demands that we don't look at ourselves. Don't look at yourself. Don't. Or we don't look at our older selves, or we don't look at the future, or don't present yourself as an old person, as an old, unattractive person. Don't get old. Yeah. Don't get. Don't old. get old. Don't get old. Stay young. Yeah. As you are trying to kind of figure this out, um, the reflection 
reaches up and starts carving a line around down okay. underneath its eye, okay. and you start to feel blood dripping dripping down your own. <gasps> okay, well, I ha- that's a horror, and I have to tap it. Can I tap the horror? How do you caress the horror? How do you try to caress the horror? Jesus. Um, why don't you just roll since you're going to do the action? Um, oh, okay. Why don't you roll 2d6 yeah. and add blood? And then depending on how that goes, I'll help you out. Fantastic. Um, let me roll my dice. This is so fun. Oh, also also take one trauma from that. Oh, yes. I will. Yes, hold on. Yep. Trauma has been taken. Uh, eight. So you got an eight? Yeah, I've got eight total. Yowzes. Okay, so on an eight, you shift its attention, but only if you participate in some way. As this reflection of yourself goes to do this, you reach out to um, touch your reflection. You go, stop! You're trying to, like, give a comforting touch to yourself. Kind of like, I assume it's like a, hey, it's okay. The Your reflection is 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 shaking, and it says, like, you have to to help me. And she hands you the knife and, like, holds her arm out, arms out. Like, we're supposed to mutilate her? That's, it seems to be asking something like that. Oh, my God. I would um, say do it. Do what she's asking me to do and actually cut her? It will shift its attention only if you participate in some way. Oh, you have to participate. Um, so I will cut her on her arm. I will slice her on her shoulder. Okay. As as you as you give a cut to her her shoulder, she kind of sighs in relief, but it doesn't sound like it, you don't feel any pain besides what's already trickling down your face. As you're looking at your reflection, um, the laughter behind you gets deeper and louder mm-hmm. until it's all just one voice. I would like to deal with the audience as you turn around yeah. from this mirror and you go to look for these for these uh yeah for this audience um you notice that there are little tiny rainbows of light reflected all around the room you look up and you see that it's coming from the chandeliers up above you you see reflections of a gorgeous woman uh and she dances and wriggles with joy um, and she's running her hands along the curves of her body in admiration. I pay um, two hands reach out from behind her and caress her naked figure. The smile on her face falls as she tries to shield her nakedness with her hands. And then her eyes grow dull and blood pours from her neck down her body to the floor. Like when it became a single voice, right? I was like, oh, this is Bluebeard laughing at someone who has gotten old. And the idea of being able to get relief through self-harm somehow. But now I'm a little bit confused because it seems like the naked woman, to me, I mean, I don't know, it seems like a metaphor for, for sexual trauma, right? Because it's like she loses her light and then dies even inside because she was okay with touching herself but it was when the other hands touched her Mm. yeah it could be it could be that it could also be both 
this is this is the body horror room <laughs> essentially yeah this there's something about like this room screams of i don't know the male gaze yeah like this makes me distrustful of bluebeard i don't know why <laughs> but it does it's all about shame or something yeah a lot of that and and a lot about and the, the actual yeah body and appearance like body schema the, yeah and the laughing also like that like hysterical laughter is like implying like shaming someone yeah i feel like he was cruel yeah like he... but we knew that he was cruel right i mean we knew that because he was replacing these women constantly we, we knew we knew that so what's new here informationally do you know what i mean i think i mean that he... i didn't know that oh you didn't oh oh you that's right you didn't you didn't because you trusted him yeah, I think it just just how he uses and discards them. Like he laughs at their flaws when how when and how he touches them makes them lose the light in their eyes. And maybe that's how they or at least one of them died. Yeah, or like when they're imperfect, maybe he kills them. Right. Or this, you know, this cutting is like cosmetic surgery and cosmetic changes and like that kind yeah. of like fixing yourself for someone else right. or to be beautiful or whatever standard of beauty there is or um, even the idea that self-pleasure is a wrong mm -hmm. right again so shame i think she enjoyed herself and then when other people got to her then it caused her to feel bad about herself and so she killed herself and so she was humiliated into suicide the laughter, the woman who was cutting herself. It's like, I think it may be more of a, like a metaphorical, somebody else is interfering with your body. Like you yeah. have control over your body and you like your body. And then somebody else has control over your body and they dislike your body. Yeah, I think, I feel like Bluebird raped her and she committed suicide. The bride believes that uh, a woman was raped and he, in, in, raped in this room. And uh, because of that rape, she committed suicide. Okay. As you um, look at this this woman standing before you with dull eyes and blood pouring down its neck, you say this to her, and she, even though her eyes are dull, she still raises her glance to you and then fades away. You're left holding the knife as a token. Is this a token of faithfulness or disloyalty? I think disloyalty. It's disloyalty. So you have one token of disloyalty, and you all take one trauma for that. Oh, we take a trauma for that. Yeah. That's interesting. Oh, that means that the idea that doubting that. your husband causes trauma to you is fascinating. Uh, yep. <laughs> As the door to this room clicks open, those heavy doors, double doors, in fact, give a little creak open. You uh, pull yourself outside, still holding the knife in your hands, and the door closes behind you. But where's the hallway? You don't see a hallway anymore. There is no hallway. It's just doors. It's just doors. Oh. It's just doors. Hmm. Patal, this will be your first time getting to describe this a key. Oh, yes. Indeed. <laughs> All right. Do you want to go to um, a door close by? Or do you want to... um, yes, I'd like to. I'd like to walk over to the third door on the left. Okay, third door on the left. That's um, right. Why don't you describe the key that seems like it's connected to this door? This is a big silver key 
with an alabaster ring around the uh, the part that connects the length of the key to the key ring part. So an alabaster circle there. This is a big silver key engraved with what looks almost like lace pattern. Mm. Yeah, it's an old key, a kind that feels soft almost. It's like soft metal in your hand. That's my key. Okay. This is so fascinating how like what we gave is used almost like against us, right? Yeah. Which makes Which sense. A statement. I mean, that's what, yeah. That's right? What happens in a toxic relationship? Preach. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying. Okay. The door that you find this key, um, it's the same color as the ring. It's like it's alabaster in a very oh. interesting way, and it has this kind of. It's it's like it looks kind of like it has some sort of like porcelain filigree kind of etched into it as well. It's really in interesting. And the handle is, it's dainty, but it um, it has this kind of shine to it. This, like, I mean, it's, it's silver as well, and it has the shine and the light that's perfectly smudge-free until you push it downwards to open the door. The room beckons, you enter, and the door closes behind you. The pleasing scent of lavender whiffs towards you from a vase of dried flowers in this well-appointed powder room. There is a toilet behind a small partition screen painted with a far-off landscape and a great warrior defeating a beast. A dark wooden table and ivory sink are underneath a giant mirror. Hanging next to it is a set of jade-hued monogrammed towels with your groom's initials and a set of initials that you don't know. Reflected in the mirror is a small curio cabinet set against sea green walls painted with lilacs and lilies. Tiny hummingbirds, one with a top hat and the other wearing a locket, bow to one another, inviting each other for a dance. What do you do? Oh, wow, this is the first room we've been in where there's so much stuff, like so many yeah. objects to potentially investigate. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. that's a very good point, Virgin, and I feel like it's your room. Groundskeeper, I'd like to give the ring. Okay. Virgin, I'll, I'll pass the ring to you. Okay. Um, Can I do a maiden move? Ooh. Yeah. Yeah, go for it. Um, what traps have been laid for the bride? Ooh, smart. Mm -hmm. um, as you're standing in this room looking around, you feel a dull ache in your abdomen. Mm. And... You get, you have the smell of rust in your nose. Again, it sounds like something how... related to your period. Yeah, or a baby. Yeah. It, uh, okay. So then maybe should we ask what does this place demand of the bride? Sure. Are you asking? Yes. Go, go for it. I, I was consulting my sisters, but we have decided to ask. Consulted <laughs> and done. <laughs> <laughs> that ache in your stomach is getting stronger and stronger and you're certainly wondering to yourself how long has it been since you last used the toilet mm. 
and you find yourself over like overwhelmed like you can't you have to you have to go right now and you go once you're finished you are relieved and you stand from the toilet and you look down at the bowl and you see a bloody mess Maybe. a tiny body floats in the water dead you scramble to grab the handle to escape and as you do a head crests the top of the ivory bowl Pulling herself from the toilet, a rotting, blood-drenched woman emerges. Oh, ew. And she looks at you with this almost envious expression on her face. And you can see it's like, even through like her, her man- like, kind of mangled looking like skin, like you can see that there are tears falling because of the blood on her body. And she reaches out and almost gently reaches out to caress your stomach. Oh, I'm maybe one of his previous brides, like, kept miscarrying? You know, maybe his aim is to have an heir. My instinct, but I am playing the virgin, um, my instinct is to try to care for her or caress her. Um, My face move is to care for someone by showing them something beautiful. Um, and then I don't have to demonstrate my sincerity, and I. We also have that nice, that nice but creepy, ivory carving. Oh yeah. So yes, I would love to to open my hand with the carving of the bone, um, and to to draw her attention to its beauty and the care that someone took in making it. Okay, she looks at you and she kind of takes it from her hands and smiles and gets blood smeared all over this item and um, is now holding it and smiling and looking at you. What do you do? Um, Should we ask if these are her initials on the towel or just even who she is? As you go to ask her such things, she... Don't get mad. (laughs) Please don't get mad. (laughs) (laughs) She looks at her hands as if they are, as if suddenly realizing the mess that she's causing to your item. And she takes the other set of monogrammed towels that are not your grooms. And uh, she goes to the sink to try to start washing her hands. And as she does so, she starts hunching over as if she's in pain as she is doing so. And it just looks like it's hurting her more and more the more she tries to get clean. We're getting into Macbeth territory here. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think she feels guilty about her miscarriage. And she's trying to forget it, but it's not happening. She can't forget it. Yeah, to me, the, the need to to constantly clean yourself has to do with shame. Yeah. Like it's like, apparently that happens with like, um, like victims of sexual assault, you know, Mm -hmm. like that. Washing. Yeah. The washing Mm -hmm. over and over again. I feel like we need to know whether or not this suffering was his fault. Because miscarriage is generally no one's fault, but. Sure. Well, yeah. I, you know, unless he like threw it down the stairs or something. Right. As you're watching and wondering this, the the woman who is continuing to wash her hands is now so weak as, but she's still reaching for the sink, but she's so weak that she's like, almost like 
on her knees, like collapsing to the ground, still trying to reach for the soap in the water. Oh my gosh. Oh, man. Can you try to lift her up? Or... Yeah, like maybe wrap the towel around her and see if she'll let me help her. Um, I mean, unless Animus, do you want a do you want a chance to interact with her? Yeah, sure. Okay, um, we'll pass the ring to my sister. I will try to. I mean, maybe I'll roll a resilience. We could try that, or cry for help. See if there's somebody else who can help her. Yeah, let's hope it's not the oh, one with the long hands. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure, cry, cry for help. A four and a three, and I have negative one resilience, so six. Awesome. You call for help, and the door, like, the, the door behind you shifts open, and um, you see a, a young woman in a very typical um, kind of maid's like a, like a maid's uniform. She's wearing like a simple black dress and kind of an apron over everything. And she kind of has um, this, like her hair is pulled back in like a gentle braid and she looks at you and she says, yes, you were asking for someone? Um, yes, this woman here, she seems to be about to pass out. Is there any way we can help her? You can help her to stand or help her feel better? Is there a woman? Yes, she's at the sink. And she kind of looks over at the sink and you look over as well and it looks like the water is running and the towel is still there, but the woman is no longer what? there. Oh no! <laughs> is, there, is there any, is the blood there? Is there blood? Blood's gone. Oh, um. Oh! Wait, is the token still there? Yeah, the, your like your token is still there. Your little your little carving is still sitting there on the counter as well. Uh, but she goes over and turns off the sink and looks at you and she says, "Are you feeling well, ma'am?" And she reaches out and goes to put like her hand against your forehead as if to like kind of feel kind of feel your forehead. And then she kind of moves it around so that it's also so that it's holding so that her hand is holding your face. Oh. She's kind of looking at you. Kind of like a sideways look. Must have been such an exhausting trip here, with no comfort either. I'm feeling fine, thank you. Are Are you sure the woman wasn't you at the sink and you just dissociated in some way? I'm I'm concerned. And she steps a little bit closer and she says, "Do you need me to help you?" She says it quietly. No, thank She's you. Very close to you. <laughs> very close. No, thank you, ma'am. That will be all. You can you can leave now. I need to do my business, and I want to do it in <laughs> private. Oh, business, sure. Well, just so you know, and she she leans in by your ear, and she whispers this to you, and she says, if you ever need comfort, you know where to go. She kind of looks back at you, and then turns around and leaves, and the door shuts behind her. Was she hitting on us? Yes. so. 100%. That was creepy and sexy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who hits on somebody in a bathroom? Sexy servant. Fair enough. So. What do you do? <laughs> the woman's gone. I think I want to look around the room a little bit more. Open the okay. cabinet. Okay. Yeah. Let's let's try opening the cabinet because we still haven't figured out whether or not Bluebeard is is at fault for this. So I want to gather a little bit more evidence. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 
Um, as you open the cabinet and you look inside, you see that it is filled, like the only things inside of it are stacks of bars of soap. It's the same soap, all of it exactly the same, just all stacked up. I don't know if you want to look at it, but you notice, you get a sense that there's something behind you. And if you look over the corner of your shoulder, you see that the woman is standing there with a hand on her pregnant belly. You didn't notice that before, but it's pregnant now. And she's standing there looking at you intensely. Is she bloody still or no? Yes. Oh, hi there. Uh, so glad to see you standing. You seem like you have a baby there. This is getting a little creepy, so maybe maybe it's time to leave. You know what? I thought I thought I was gonna get some more evidence, but I'm just gonna I'm just gonna just gonna like say some stuff and leave. Okay, so I think that she kept having miscarriages. Yeah. And she feels a lot of shame about it. Because I have no evidence to prove that it is Bluebeard's fault, I'm gonna say that it's a token of faithfulness. She had a miscarriage. She had another miscarriage and she died. Uh, she bled out. Yeah, like hemorrhaged to death. Yeah, she hemorrhaged in this room. As you say that, she kind of almost experienced a hemorrhage in front of your eyes and she collapses to the floor and disappears. Ah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I didn't mean to make you bleed again. <laughs> You're welcome to take maybe the towel for your token. Yeah, let's take the towel. All right, you've got your towel, you've got your token of faithfulness, you all heal one trauma. And traditionally, when you play this game, you play to three. So you play to three tokens of faithfulness or three tokens of disloyalty. But because we have broken the tie, I'm going to say at this point that you have, you have filled your track of faithfulness before your track of disloyalty. So you have essentially collected enough evidence to prove your husband's loving intentions as a faithful bride. It has finally become time to explore the final room. You traveled these dark halls in search of a truth most divisive. Each room provided you with all the evidence you desired to make that one faithful choice. Now you stand before the forbidden final room and you must decide. Animus, do you enter the room or do you look through the keyhole? I want to look through the keyhole first. Virgin, do you want to enter the room or look through the keyhole? Oh, keyhole, please. <laughs> Sana, room or keyhole? I'll take the keyhole with my sisters. All right. As you look through, you see blood. You see a floor covered in congealing blood, and the walls are lined with headless bodies. <gasps> Bluebeard's previous wives. With a great scream, you drop your key, and in a few moments, you come back to yourself. But you looked through the keyhole. Animus. Yes. What did the bride lose when she saw the horrors through the keyhole? She lost her faith in Bluebeard. Her trust. She lost her trust in Bluebeard. There we go. Mm-hmm. Virgin, what loving impulse kept the bride from going into the room? Um, love, I was looking for confirmation that we were right in trusting him. 
that was the impetus to look I, I think and also maybe the it's like because there's red flags right because it was a two to one like faithful to disloyal it's not like we were like oh yeah this is great and so um you know it, it's a also a maybe an act of self-preservation or something to self-love right self-love mm. and it's like when you go against your better judgment or something like that you know but you believe them anyway for love that's how yes how did bluebeard reward you for remaining loyal and not ever going inside i kept my head <laughs> that's a good one I was his last wife. We stayed together. I survived. And it was a happy marriage. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> and the next two questions are for if we're playing with a full party. So um, uh, if you guys want to answer these together, I'm, I'm down for that. Uh, so the first question is, what is the bride's favorite room to spend her days in? Of the ones that we heard, or can we invent one? Because those are horrors. Invent, you can invent a room. You can okay. invent a room. Okay, good. What? You don't want to hang with um, the, the screaming skeleton from the fire? Nope. Hmm. Well, she's a country girl. <laughs> so can the room be like a greenhouse or something, or like a solarium or something? Yeah. Sure. I like that idea. I'm down for that. I love plants. So yeah, I'm down for like a wonderful yeah. solarium. And last but not least, how does the bride cope with the horrors she spied through the keyhole? God. Cognitive dissonance? Yeah, she just, she just like wipes it, the memory out of her mind, period, forever and ever and ever, and never goes down that hallway ever again. Yeah, by replacing it with her own truth, right? By telling herself some story about it. What story does she tell herself? That those were puppets? Or that it was a dream. You know, that it was a dream. That it didn't really happen. Yeah. It was a dream. and That she was just faint from her journey. That's right. right. Or, you know, and, and, and sexy servant, you know, sexy servant yeah. did tell her that she was a little swoony and not all there anyway those first days that she'd come to Bluebeard's mansion. Yeah. Right. She was clearly seeing hmm. things that were not there. Right, exactly. And, you know, those heads could also be, like, maybe they died of natural causes and right. Bluebeard just has a weird way of showing his affection for them by just, like, taking their heads. It could just be, you know, weird, but not murderous. Right, exactly. And you know what? I only looked through the keyhole. That's this big. I don't know yeah. what I really saw. Yeah. Also fascinating how wow. easy that all... <laughs> how easy that is to just wipe yeah S seriously it made me feel a little bit <laughs> it freaked me out a little bit but after all of this this has been the end of our game of Bluebeard's Bride this is how you reach the end you guys yay Whoa. congratulations <laughs> <laughs> yeah I have not been able to stop thinking about this me neither me neither yeah. This is a mind trip. This game mm, stays with you. So much fun. I want to play it some more. I know. I, I, I want to open all the rooms. Same. I want to like. Yeah. Yeah. But kind of, but I'm scared I won't be able to sleep at night. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, 
I think we should leave it off here, probably because we're out of time. <laughs> um, <laughs> but thank you guys again so, so much for doing this two-week session of Bluebeard's Bride with me. You guys have been absolutely fantastic guests, and I've really appreciated being able to do this. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was Thanks great yeah, fun. Us. Thank you. Is, is there anywhere that our listeners should be like watching for you, following you, you know, doing all of that stuff? Yeah, actually. So I have a theater company called Black Revolutionary Theater Workshop. You can find us at thebrtw.org. We're on Facebook under Black Revolutionary Theater Workshop. We're at Twitter at, at thebrtw. Uh, we're also on Instagram. I think that's at the BRTW as well. Great. Anyone else? Um, I, I'm always so terrible at this. Forgive me, everybody that I'm working with, that I'm such ter- I'm terrible at promoting things. Um, so I uh, have a website, Sana.online. That's what it is. Yeah. Sana, T-Z-E-N-A dot online. And I am in a collaboration right now with Dance Visions New York, which is a, a modern dance ballet company uh, working in the Isadora Duncan style. I do, uh, we uh, collaborated and built from scratch a new uh, ballet piece that uh, is debuting next month. Um, you can find all that information online where it's debuting. Um, I believe Dixon Place, but we're rolling that to several other places as well. And uh, that will be me performing a a poem, poetry uh, and dance uh, combination. Um, I'm also performing in uh, several other things right now, but all that's on uh, Sana.online. And if it's not, I will update it. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I forgot to plug my website. Can I do that really quick? Yeah, go for it. <laughs> so do my it. personal website is uh, miakogavia.org. So that is M as in Mary, I-E, K as in Kite, O, G as in George, A, V as in Victor, I-A, dot org. I'm also on Facebook, Mia Kogavia, and Twitter at Mia Kogavia, and Instagram awesome. at S-O-O-O underscore G-R-O-O-D. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. What? Awesome. And um, Risa Puno is just my everything. It's risapuno.com. That's my handle on Instagram, on Twitter. You can find me Facebook there. So R-I-S-A, P is in Peter, U-N is in Nancy O. Um, and I am working on a bunch of stuff, but nothing um, that is quite public yet. Um, so hang out and hopefully that'll all be revealed in good time. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, definitely, definitely stick around and follow these lovely, amazing folks. Um, again, they, I mean, they have done a fantastic job here, and I can only predict that they're going to be doing amazing things and inspiring things with the rest of uh, what they're doing as well. So um, thank you again. And this has been Gameplay Radio here on Radio for Brooklyn. I am your host, Aaron. Uh, we will be on next week. Vote, 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 vote. That has been a poem by me. Have a good afternoon. (laughs) Goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.